You are listening to the Restoration LA podcast. For more, visit us at restorationla.org. How many of you know what series we're in right now? We're we're in a a series called The Relational People. Uh, And so uh, part one was me kind of laying foundation of our primary relationship, which should be to the Father. Understanding that our kind of attachment Our primary attachment should be to the Heavenly Father, knowing that our spiritual identity and DNA comes uh, from who he is. And so um, Brett could have seemed to have taken us in a different direction, um, but it was something that's been on our heart for so long as, as an eldership team, because we believe relationships are so key in the kingdom. And one of those uh, relational values that we see kind of that gets overlooked a lot is the single people in the life of the church, right? And so normally the single talk goes like this, don't have sex, right? That's normally the single talk that we, we give in church, right? And so it, we, we really had a heart in, um, to ensure that there is so much value in, in being single in the kingdom and how that plays out relationally in the body of Christ. And so um, there was something key that Brett left um, kind of towards the end of his sermon that I want to pick up from, and that was ensuring that all relationships that we built are built on the foundation of Jesus. Are you guys with me? All right, so I'm going to pray real quick, and then we can get through this, and then, fathers, we are going to honor you because we got some, some treats for you at the end of service. So, Lord, we are so thankful to be here this morning gathered with brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, we are so thankful to engage your word, your word that was um, written so long ago, but is foundational and true and eternal and transforming. And so, Lord, as we hear your word, I pray not only do we listen, but I pray we, we listen with the intent to act on those things that we hear, to live out those truths that we hear. And so we, we pray these things by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the first part I want to talk to us about is being uh, um, relationships rooted in Christ. Uh, Brett, did you guys get a couple slides for me? Cool. Thanks, man. Uh, relationships rooted in Christ. Can you guys say in Christ? In Christ. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 says this. Therefore, if can you say if if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, This person is a new creation. Thank you, Ange, for setting that up. Uh, New new creations, right? There's God is is about creating new things, transformation, restoration. This is what God does, right? If anyone is in Christ, this person is a new creation. Can you say new creation? Listen to this, friends. This is what that means. The old things pass away. New things have come. Old things pass away and new things come. A new creation sees differently. Uh, uh, it, it thinks differently. It acts differently. It feels differently. And so when we come to Christ, we are now in Christ. We become a new creation. But just remember that it says if anyone is in Christ. So if you are in Christ, you have to come to the conclusion that you are a new creation. So you're going to start being different. And can you just imagine 
if a butterfly, and this is the only analogy I can really come up with. Can you imagine if a butterfly was still acting like a caterpillar? But I want you to really visualize this, though, okay? Caterpillars crawl on the ground. They crawl on their bellies. Can you imagine if a butterfly kept its wings all tucked? I think that we would look at that thing and be like, what are you doing? For those of us who have little kids, some of our kids sometimes act like animals. I mean, and not in, like, you know, they just start barking and doing stuff. And you're like, it's funny because you're like, what are you doing? You're not acting like what you're supposed to be acting like. You're a human being. Here's what's funny about that. It's the same with us as Christians. And a lot of times when we're in the body of Christ, we can feel like people are judging us because of how we're acting or how we're being. But the truth of the matter is, is that when we are in Christ, there's an expectation that we are acting like transformed people, right? That we are not only changed, but there's that metamorphosis that word transformation comes from. It's a completely different thing. And so when someone is acting like they used to be, it should be surprising to us in the kingdom. Right. When a butterfly is still acting like a caterpillar, that should be surprising to us. And so there's something that changes all of those things. So this listen, friends, I'm saying all of this to say that this includes relationships. This includes relationships before Jesus. Maybe our relationships looked like this. But since we are now in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, the old things have passed away and the new things have come. So how we act relationally completely changes. So we should no longer acting like we were in relationships before Christ. Because now that we are in Christ, everything changes. The new has come. Why? Because we are now in Christ. If you guys have that slide, let me see, show, show that one. All right. This was one of my physical things. I don't normally do these kind of things, so this looks very cheesy, but you, hopefully you'll get one. So this is me. I am in Christ. Right? You can see that I'm in Christ, right? You can see the circle. There's no pun there. It's really in there. Right? I am in Christ. Now listen. All of my relationships now go through Christ. Every relationship that I have has to go through Christ. So before I can get to my husband or wife, before I can get to my children, before I can get to any other relationship that I have in my life, it goes through Christ. Before that, if I remove the Christ component, then I can relate to anyone in any way that I wanted to because it was just me and them. I can relate to my wife any way I wanted to. I can relate to a boyfriend or a girlfriend any way I wanted to. I can relate to a coworker or, or to um, people of, of other ethnicities. I can relate to anyone that I wanted to in any way. But now that I am in Christ, every relationship that I have goes through him. Does that make sense to you? I hope it does because I worked a whole lot on this little thing. Anyways, 1 John chapter 17 Verse 22 says this, the glory which you have given me, I also have given them. So listen to this. Whenever we hear, hear glory, we have to understand that this is kingdom. 
right? This is the kingdom of God. When you think of glory, I want you to think of heaven. When God, when Jesus is saying, I'm sharing glory, he is actually sharing heaven's atmosphere with us. And when we think of heaven's atmosphere, I also want us to think of the Garden of Eden. I want us to think of original intent. This is why I love Genesis. Genesis is, is, is not only because it's the first book of the Bible, it is so foundational in the things of our faith because we see the kingdom of God here on earth untouched as God originally intended it to be. Right. And so the glory which you have given me, I have given to them. Jesus is sharing the glory of God with us. He is sharing heaven's secrets with us. He is sharing kingdom values with us. So he says, the ones you've given me, I have given to them. And so Jesus is talking to the father. Listen to that, to this, so that they may be one. So he now he's talking about us living in, in unity so that they may be one. Listen to this just as we are one. So Jesus is obviously talking about the disciples. He's saying, hey, the glory that you've given me, everything that you've given me, I've given to these disciples so that they can be one, just like you and I are one. But listen to this in 23. I and them, and they, um, I and them and you and me, that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and you loved me just, I'm sorry, and you loved them just as you loved me. Listen, Jesus is sharing a, such a complex doctrine here. And I want to, I want to like go over this thing for you. Listen, not only am I in Christ, but Christ is in me. I mean, the, 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 how this works out, I mean, it, it's, it's one of those kind of mysteries of heaven. But everything is sourced from Jesus now. Because if Jesus is in me, the Apostle Paul says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I don't act the way I want to act because Christ is in me. And I don't treat people the way I want to treat them because I have to now go through Christ. So it's Christ in me and I in Christ. And I know that can sound like such a, 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 a paradox, but we have to understand these fundamental truths when it comes to our relationships. If Christ is in me and I am in Christ, both of those truths need to be reflected in my relationships. Are you okay? Not only am I in Christ, but Christ is in me just as God the Father is in Christ. I mean, that's a, a, it could seem so complex, but if, if you experience love, um, probably the love of a mother would be that understanding when, when the mother is carrying a child in her and her love is in that child. I mean, can you just understand that? That complexity, that love and that connection, it's in, right? Both of you are somehow in each other. John chapter 15, verse 20 reads this. reads like this. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. I want us to grasp these truths as we understand um, this whole thing of us relating to other people in, in, in our different relational spheres. You, you might ask, but what if the relationship, um, I'm sorry, let me start here. Uh, if I'm in, in Christ, if I'm in Christ, 
then that means that every relationship I have must go through Jesus. And if Christ is in me, then every relationship that I engage in must be rooted in Jesus. You guys here with me? How does this happen? Because when we read earlier, for anyone who is in Christ, you are a new creation. You are a new creation. So how do we go back and rework all of those relationships if they weren't rooted in Jesus? Right? How, how many of you, when you came to Jesus, realized that, hey, maybe you had to distance yourself from some friends because maybe it was a little toxic or something like that, right? You had to rewrite what that looked like. You, you, had, to, you had to now find yourself in Jesus, and now you had to re-engage that relationship because now Christ is in you. We have to do that in every relationship that we have. Uh, we've been going, um, we had a four-week workshop with, with couples, and this is part of that work, is now that, that I am in this deep relationship with my wife or with my husband, maybe there are some things that have happened in the past that have brought us to a really bad place. And so now that I am in Christ, I have to go back and rework all of that because now I am rooted in Jesus. You guys understand that? Okay, cool. So let me remind you, if we are in Christ, the old things pass away. God gives us a fresh start. And this is one of probably, this is probably the, one of the things that brings us the, the greatest anxiety in our relationships that were not founded on, in Christ, is we have to go back and rework those things as if we were in Christ. Are you with me? Some of you are with me. All right. So the, the next um, truth I want us to understand is relationships built on the foundation of Jesus. So now we're in Christ, so relationships that are rooted in Jesus, and now relationships that are built on the foundation of Jesus. Matthew chapter 7, um, Jesus gives us this cool um, narrative on building. Matthew 7, verse 24, Jesus says this, Therefore, Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise man who built his house upon the rock. The wise man who builds his house upon the rock. And I want us to understand that traditionally throughout scripture, the rock is Jesus. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the cornerstone. Uh, he, Jesus is that central Theme and focus of the kingdom and is a central theme and focus of our faith. And so we build upon the rock of Jesus. So those who build their house upon the rock are building wisely. Then the rain came down and the streams rose and the wind blew and beat against the house. Yet it didn't fall because its foundations were what? On the rock. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat up against the house and it fell with a great crash. The wise person builds upon the foundation of Jesus. It doesn't matter how you read this passage whether what foundation you're talking about. The foundation is clear throughout every component of your life. It needs to be Jesus. Followers of Jesus build our lives upon the rock. 
We build our lives upon the rock. And if let's just think about our lives. The greatest components of our lives are relational. They're relational. Our relationship with God the Father, the giver of life. The relationship with the sustainer of life, who is Jesus. The relationship with our spouse, who is the uh, suitable help. I'm sorry, the su- suitable companion for this life's journey. The relationship w- with our children. I want. I want to go back to that um, suitable companion because I suitable companion because I don't want to dismiss what what Brett said um, last week. A lot of times when we talk about having a suitable companion and those of you who might be single think about, well, I don't have one of those. I was thinking about Top Gun the other day. Um, I like movies, so I think a lot of kingdom things in movies. At the end of Top, uh, at, kind of towards the end of Top Gun, um, Maverick loses Goose, who is his co-pilot, right, on his plane. And he loses Goose, but then they get this special assignment. And Maverick's on his own. He doesn't have a co-pilot. And so Viper, who is the commanding officer, comes to Maverick and he says this, hey Maverick, if you don't get a second, give me a call. I'll fly with you. Man, that's Jesus. For you singles who are like, I don't have a companion. No, your suitable companion until you get that suitable companion is Jesus. It's Jesus. And I mean, who else would you want in there? I mean, I think, man, the coolest thing to be able to fly with Viper, if you didn't know anything about Top Gun, you got to go see that thing. Jesus is that suitable companion until that suitable companion comes along. So call him up. He'll fly with you. Um, Listen, the relationship uh, with the fruit of our life, which is our children. Relationship with the fruit of our ministry, which is those inside and outside of the church. The most meaningful components of this life are built on relationships. We could talk about career, we could talk about uh, you know, vacation, we could talk about hobbies, all that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, all those things are going to pass away because we are going to stand before Jesus. And I'm telling you, the account we're going to give is for the relationships that we carried here on this planet. The first and foremost one was with our God. All of these were intended to be built on the foundation of Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 through 11 says this, For we are God's fellow workers. Can you say fellow workers? You are God's field. You're God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation. And so this is the Apostle Paul speaking. So he's laying foundation as an apostolic builder. And upon those foundations that he is building, other people are building on top of that. And so what he is saying is God is is the builder. And because God was a builder, he's a master builder. Some of us men, we went to a a conference and listened to T.D. Jakes actually preach on this um, portion of scripture. It was amazing what he was saying. One of the one of the things that he said is it is our it is in our spiritual DNA to build because our father's a builder. He's a creator and he's a builder. And so we are are called to build like our heavenly father is. But listen, the wise man builds his house upon the rock. The way our father builds is very peculiar when it comes to the way the world builds. And so if we're trying to build as the world builds, I'm telling you, friends, we're not building on the rock, which is Jesus. We're building on shifting sands. 
Like a master builder, I laid a foundation and another is building on it. But listen to this. But each person must be careful how he builds on it. As you're building relationships, listen, friends, that be careful isn't like that. It's not it's not all like, you know, it's give attention to how you built. Give fine attention to how you build. And how we build needs to be like we are new creations, not like we're old creations. We don't build how we used to build. We don't build how our parents built and how the culture builds. We build how our heavenly father builds. He lays the standard. He lays the foundations. And then we build upon that. For one will lay a foundations and um, a foundation other than the, I'm sorry, for no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. So if we're in the kingdom, there can't be any other foundation that we're, we're building upon. If someone else is building any other foundation, it's the wrong foundation. We build relationally because our Heavenly Father builds relationally. It's in our spiritual DNA to need to be connected. We see this in Genesis. God said it is not good for man to be alone. And so we build relationally, but we don't just build relationally in any way that we see fit. We build it how God intended us to build it. God's original intent was for us to build on the foundation of Jesus. We see this in John 1. John 1, 1 through 3 says this, In the beginning was the Word. Can you say the Word? The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things, listen to this, friends, all things came into being through Him. We were created through Him. In Christ. Created through Him. And apart from him, not even one thing came into being that has come into being. And so you've been created for Christ and by Christ. How we think that we can build apart from Christ is just crazy. And yet we do it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we find a way to build away from Christ. Most of it could be just chalked up as as ignorance. We didn't know. But now that we are new creations in Christ, guess what? We get a fresh revelation. Now we do know. And now that we do know, we have to go back and do some reworking on the foundations. And first thing that we need is a jackhammer. We need to bust up all of those old foundations that we have. Who laid those foundations? Who, who laid the foundations of how we treat our spouse? Who laid the foundations of how we treat people of other ethnicities? Who, who lays the foundation of how we interact with a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Who laid those things? Because if it wasn't God, it needs to be jackhammered. It needs to be dug up and we need to ask God himself to lay a new foundation so that we can build upon the rock. Can you say amen with me? When you take a tally of your relationships, we need to be brutally honest with ourselves. Brutally honest with ourselves. Are my relationships built on the foundation of Jesus? If we're called to be a relational people, if we're called to be connected as the body of Christ, connected to to the world around us, is that built on the foundation of Jesus 
Or does it go through every other kind of lens? Um, Brett talked to us about lenses last week. I don't know why you didn't bring the Cyclops things, bro. What other lenses are we wearing? Are they cultural lenses? Are they traditional, family-inherited lenses? Are they lenses that we just found? And we just stumbled on it, and it's like, oh, okay, and you put them on, and then you just go about life wearing these lenses and building relationships based on something that you just stumbled upon. These things happen. But listen to this. 1 Corinthians um, chapter 3.11 says this. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And if I can re-paraphrase this for you, Jesus, or God the Father is saying this, not in my kingdom. There's no other foundation other than my son. Jesus Christ needs to be the foundation for every relationship that we carry. Every component of our lives needs to be built upon Jesus. I want us to put on our, our, our big kid caps real quick, if you can. This, this gift of sex that the Lord has given mankind as a gift, it's a, it's a relational component to humanity that, that has a dual purpose. Number one is connection. It's connection. It's intimacy. That word in scripture in Genesis is yada. It's to know somebody. It's a deep spiritual thing. The second is multiplication. And it's not just physical birth, but it's multiplication of that which God intended, that a husband and wife who are in Christ produce a child who is in Christ, and multiplication happens that way. That was God's original intent. But sex that is not built on the foundation of Christ, listen, friends, it's cheap. It's a cheap consolation prize for God's best. And a lifetime of heartache and pain can come with it when it's outside of Christ. It absolutely can. I'm going to bring up something that might ruffle some of your feathers, but I think it's my responsibility to do that. This month, as a church, a lot of our leaders have been getting questions about about Pride Month. Now, Pride Month for me is a cultural thing. This is something that the culture around us has used to celebrate the LG, you guys know the letters. I, I'm not mocking it, I just always mess it up. So, And as that's being celebrated, the church has a question about it, like what is our stance in that? What is our stance in that? And I think because we've had a lot of questions about it, I, I, I just feel the need to bring this up because it's a relational thing. For us as a church, it's simple. We love. It's simple. Two greatest commandments that we've been given as a people is to love God and to love people. We love. That's our stance. We love. We are a loving and accepting church. This is what that means. Anyone who walks through those doors 
And anyone that we encounter out in the world, we love them because this is what Christ has asked us to do. I do want us to be clear, though. Being a loving and accepting church doesn't mean that we are an open and affirming church. And let me bring you some clarity on that. Open meaning open to homosexuality. Homosexuality is a sexual component to homosexual relationships. Scripture has defined homosexuality as sin. Old Testament and New Testament, God has never changed his mind about that component of sin. Homosexuality is sin. Let me be real clear about this. So is fornication. And so is adultery. And the truth of the matter is, there's probably more people in this room who are sleeping with someone they're not supposed to be of the opposite sex than of the same sex. And so we as a church can't be so offended when we talk about homosexuality, knowing that we're probably, when we say, hey, don't sleep with the opposite sex when you're not supposed to, hitting more people than we would the other one. Since Genesis, listen, friends, or open means open homosexuality. Affirming, listen, this is meaning we celebrate homosexuality. And unfortunately, as God's people, we cannot celebrate sin. We can't. Homosexuality is sin. So is fornication. So is adultery. All of those things. Listen to this. Since God, or since Genesis, mankind has struggled with sexuality. Homosexuality is not some surprise to the church. It's not some surprise to God's people. And how we've elevated homosexuality to the greatest sin against God and the greatest taboo. I mean, we, we, how are we going to deal with this? We deal with this how we deal with every other person. We deal with this and how we deal with liars. And we deal with it. I mean, honestly, God, God says if you're a liar, you're acting like your father, the devil. That should offend you because most of us lie. Here's what Jesus said. If you lust after a woman in your heart, you've committed the sin. Yeah, be careful what you watch. Be careful on those websites you look at. Be careful about the, the, the ladies on the street, and, and you ladies too, those dudes who you seem out to go gaga over. If you've done it in your heart, you've done it against God. So now I hope that I'm equally offending everyone here. Homosexuality, adultery, fornication, they all fall into the classification of sexual immorality. There's just no other way to define it as a church. Jesus is the foundation for our relationships. And if we take one component of sexuality and we make that thing the highest thing ever, I'm telling you, friends, we have to go back to scratch and say, who laid that foundation? Who laid that foundation? I mean, just think about even, even heterosexual relationships, you know, uh, for, for parents. You know, uh, we're raising our, chin, our, our children. Or, or, are we allowing them to engage in sexual activity with their partners knowing that they're not married? And just turn a blind eye to it and, 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 and whatever it is. Friends, we have to 
build on the foundation of Christ and not on the culture. The culture tells us it's okay if our kids begin to experiment at a young age. It's okay if our kids uh, fall into homosexuality. It's okay. The culture tells us it's okay. It's weeding into all of the areas of society and to the school system, and it's being celebrated in, in every way, shape, or form. But if Jesus says it's not, then we need a jackhammer. And if we have been following any of those patterns, then we need a jackhammer. Because our relationships need to be built on the foundation of Jesus. If you are in Christ, then Jesus has every say about your sexuality. Because now, if you're in Christ, you have to go through Jesus to have that relationship. And if Jesus says no, and the answer is no. And that goes for heterosexual relationships and homosexual relationships. If Jesus says no, then the answer is no. You guys okay? Culture. We cannot allow culture to lay our foundations for relationships. The kingdom is so much bigger. The kingdom is so much bigger. So this is, I want you to learn this language if, if you learn anything today. There's culture that shapes the view. And language shapes that culture. We need to understand the kingdom is the same way, but it's above. And it's language that we have to learn that begins to lay those foundations. Who is that foundation, and who gives us that language? It's Jesus. Where does that language come from? Scripture. Scripture. The Apostle Paul said, if there's, any, if there's any other foundation, for no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is already laid, and that's Christ Jesus. Don't allow anyone else to build a different foundation. Don't allow anyone else to detour you. And listen, friends. Don't allow any circumstance in your life to change your foundations. Because here's what happens. I'm going to be brutally honest with you. We'll have a family member who comes out gay. And now our values change and our foundations change. Well, it must be okay because that's a family member. I have family members who are gay. And my family has one rule. We love them. We love them. I don't treat them all different. And it's not all icky and all this weird stuff. Like, like we, we, we somehow have done such a bad job as a church. We have done such a bad job as a church of classifying sin and isolating people and cutting people off and leaving them to rot and die. And I'm telling you, the church has to repent for that stuff. But I can't change the foundations of what Jesus says is true. And my only way through that is to love. Our only way through that is to love. We love them to Christ. We love them in Christ. We love them on the foundations of Christ. We just saturate that thing in Jesus and let him bring the transformation. You and I can't change anybody, just like I can't change you. 
You can't change me. Christ does a transformation. When Christ brings transformation, listen, as a brother in Christ, I'll end with this. If I see kin acting like a caterpillar, when I know that he's a butterfly, because he prophesied about butterflies this morning, I'm going to tell him, kin, you're not acting like yourself. But that's built on a relationship of love because I love him and he loves me. And, and trusting he'll be able to dust himself off, get back up, and continue on in Christ. That's how we encourage people into relational foundations of Jesus. Rooted in Jesus, founded on Jesus. Very difficult topic to talk on. Why don't you guys stand with me this morning? <laughs> Um, did you put that other graph up at any time? No? All right. Maybe put it up, but let them see it, just because I did work on it. <laughs> Foundations of Jesus. My marriage is built on the foundation of Jesus. Relationship with my children. Relationship with my parents. God has something to say about every one of those relationships. Every one of those. He has something to say. If you're dating in here, God has something to say about it. And if you haven't involved him in the conversation, you need a jackhammer. Because you probably already laid foundations that need to be uprooted so that you can start again. And listen, it's never too late. If you messed up, it's never too late. Stop and start again. This is what we get to do. It's called the grace of God. So if you, if you need some grace from Jesus, why don't you just lift your hands this morning? Listen. We all have relational issues. And we all need more Jesus in every one of those relationships. My prayer for each and every one of us is that he will be the foundation. He will be the root. That we, as we live in Christ and he lives in us, that we will engage every relationship based on those two truths. Jesus, thank you for giving us such a perfect model. You didn't shy away from the truth, and yet you loved unconditionally. You didn't shy away from telling people the truth, even when it sounded harsh, but you loved them unconditionally. You loved us while we were still in our sins, while we were still fornicators and liars and thieves and, and sinners. You died for us on the cross in our worst state. And for that, Jesus, we thank you. And Jesus, I ask that we also have that same kind of grace to love people into your kingdom in that same way. That we'll tell them the truth in love and we will never sever relationships based on a, a lack of knowledge and based on a lack of empathy for someone's condition. Help us, Jesus to be that kind of people. Help us, Jesus, to be that kind of church. And anywhere that we need to personally repent, Lord, I pray we, we turn from those ways and turn back towards you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. If you're in Christ this morning, let me hear you say amen. Amen. All right. Hey, we love you.